From the News Talk STL studios in St. Louis, it's the Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter. On tonight's episode, Uncomfortable Questions with Juna Bubran, host of Whose World Is This? And then Professor Jim on college students supporting Hamas. Also, Kirby Newberry, the king of coffee from DiscountCoffee.com. And the Right Mind studio band, Mitch Murphy and the Murphy Tones. Now, putting the fun in your dysfunctional world, here's your host, Todd Showalter. Boy, I am cold, Joey. I'm really cold because you got me. You really got me. You are a trickster, you Joey guy. You, you say, you say, okay, we're going to wear our floral Hawaiian shirts today. Shorts. Now today is it's November, by the way. Okay, and it's cold outside. So I, I, I brave it and I come in here and I, I I'm cold now. And and what do you? You've got like a sweater on and you've got your jeans and a flannel shirt. You really got me, didn't you? I found my mullet wig that I had from an old Halloween costume, and yeah. I immediately texted you and I said, Todd, we got to dress up. We got to be twinsies. This is our. 15th episode, so we got to celebrate like any quinceanera and yes. uh, dress up as twins. And unfortunately, you're still in my bag over there. I don't know if you see I'm, that. I've got the, it, the Converse shoes, the khaki shorts, the bracelets, the Hawaiian shirt. It, it looks like it, it looks like you just like like I'm a, like I'm a Muppet or like one of those puppet Muppet things. And you just like folded me up and you put me in a box. That's amazing. And But you don't even have the hair. You know what? My mullet, though, is in a wig, though. Would you like to run your fingers through it? I mean, well, at the end of the show, you'd probably get stuck in all the uh, the the lacquer and the uh, you know it's not really hairspray. I use like like solidifying plastic, you know, kind of keep it formed. Yeah, it's like, like forty that. to four, yeah, mid to high upper lower forties today. Yeah. So you came in a little right. chilly, right? And that I was did. that was my prank. I'm wearing yeah. a hoodie and jeans still, but at the end of the show, I'm going to go into the bathroom and then I'm going to appear as yes. you. Right. And we're going to walk down the hall of the radio station and see if people can tell us apart. Oh, that the would be show fun. Walter quiz. Oh, that I feel honored. Nobody's ever dressed up like me before. And you know what? It was it was Halloween. You would think. I mean, just a, a few days ago, you'd think somebody would have maybe dressed up like me because I know I scare all the kids in the neighborhood. It's like those. Did you ever grow up in a neighborhood where like you had the, the you know the mean old guy? You know, said the people that everybody were afraid of, or you know, they said, "Oh, stay away from him." There was a guy who gave out boxes of raisins. I think this was before they even wrapped them in saran. It was just like loose raisins in a cardboard box. I did get one of those once. Like, was it actually Halloween? Or it was, was it just Halloween. like a random Tuesday or something like that? So that was probably like his that. sly way of saying, don't come here ever again. Yeah, no. Now, we had something. We had a guy at the corner, okay? We used to call him Mr. Trimetry because <laughs> he was always out there trimming his trees, right? And there was something really strange about it, too, because he'd have these – there were people that would – yeah, like family members, that, and then they'd be gone, and then he would be out there trimming his tree. It was almost like something out of one of those scary movies. Rear window. That's the exact plot of that. Rear window. Yeah. yeah. Was that about cars or something like that? No, it was Jimmy Stewart, actually. Jimmy Stewart Jimmy had a broken Stewart. leg. Oh, maybe you do Jimmy Stewart. Wow. Now, and I'll do my Sean Connery. Is Sean Connery, is he a soccer player? Is Sean Connery sure, a soccer player? to be a soccer player, Mr. Williams. <laughs> yeah. That's the other <laughs> we had you on the uh, Columbo and Katie show this past week, and I, I just said, hey, can you come on real quick? Tony had you on for like 25 he, minutes because he was sick and he didn't want to talk, and you just well, took off, and it was an amazing segment. You were so funny. Thank oh, you for coming on the Columbo well, and Katie show. Ironically, though, I mean, I, I enjoyed being on with Tony, and the next, like you said, the next day he's sick. And I thought, do I have this effect on people? 
Now he's he, going, is he back today? I don't know. Because if he wants to stay home another day, I, I could call him or something like that. Because apparently that makes him bedridden. That's some sort of uh, horror film itself, like The Ring. Like if you hear Todd's voice, you have 24 hours before you die. That's right. That would be good. Turn off the shit. No. But good news, though, because if you're sick, I hear that Larry's making some soup. Larry Connors is one of the greatest voices in all of news he in is. St. Louis. You I hear that voice. Him. It makes you want to buy a John Beale roof immediately. It, it does. Because... It, He's, he's, he has our best interest in mind. But I came in, and, and he said, don't bother me. I'm making the soup. He's got a great turn of phrase for, uh, I'm working yeah. hard, don't bother me. Um, yeah. Making the soup. I'm yes. Making... No, no, that's the Sean Connery. Oh, okay. Again. That's right. We could do Sean Connery doing an imitation of Larry Connors. Next up, mash. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're... <laughs> Okay. okay. Larry, we love you, and uh, you compliment us. Every week you come in, he's like, great show. This is the test. This is to see if he actually listens. <laughs> it's right. Next Thursday, hey, we're gonna bad ta- show. We're gonna, it was a bad show. You talked about me. And by the way, my soup was bad. Speaking of bad, you know, uh, and Halloween and scary things, uh, Corey Bush, I hear that uh, she's, she has she has somebody that's going to run against her. It's the uh, the guy that's the uh, attorney uh, attorney general of, uh, not France, or St. Louis <laughs> County or something like Wesley that. Wesley Bell puts Wesley away. Wesley Bell. A lot of bad guys, actually. He's much better than Kim Gardner. And no one likes Cory Bush is what I'm hearing. Every time I turn on the radio, someone someone says that the squad actually hates Cory Bush. She's a squad wannabe, and she's too dumb to be in the squad, and they don't even like her. You're too dumb to be in the squad? That's what they say about Cory Bush. That's really low. AOC, who can't even spell her own name, that's why she's got the initials. She doesn't want Cory Bush in the squad. But you're too dumb to be in the squad. That's like an IQ below your shoe size. I mean, that really has to be low, low, low. That's Larry (laughs) Connors say low. Uh, Wow. Yeah, Flo Rida. He even thinks Flo she's low, Rida. low, low. Well, no, she she says stupid things though. Like uh, she she supports uh, Hamas and all these these mean people that are killing people. I mean that that's not the way to be a you know a likable politician person. Do you think? It's funny to be from St. Louis and wanting a ceasefire in a whole other continent before the one at home. That's right. And she Someone should call for a ceasefire. And in she St. has Louis. a war zone in her district, isn't mm. she? From the north side, she is. She's, and that's where everybody's. I mean, that's where all we get all our violent. I, we have the reputation of like the most violent city in in America, and it's all because of her district. And, and she wants a ceasefire. Why doesn't she want a ceasefire in her own district? I mean, I, I have plants at home that are smarter than AOC, and you're saying that Cori Bush is dumber than AOC. I don't want to be in – if I see her on the road, I'm not going to – I'm going to pull off to the side. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to shame her for her hair, but she has a lot of dreadlocks. It's, it looks very heavy, so I, too, would be worried about her having to keep her head up while she's driving. She, She'd start to swerve to the right because yeah. her dreadlocks are just so heavy. Do you think I'd so do dreadlocks with the mullet? Do you think maybe – do you think I'd be mistaken for Cory Bush if I did the dreadlocks and the mullet? No, I think cultural appropriation is perfectly fine, especially during Halloween time. I think so too. Hey, did you get a lot of people that came over for Halloween? I hid in the basement with the lights off and watched my I own scary movie. I love it. Yeah, that's what I do. I do that. Well, I do that every day of the week though. I like <laughs> hiding in the basement. I turn the lights off. Yeah. The I wife do. will never find me down here. I had this kid come over. Okay, now I've got a, I I thought, you know, you know me, I try to be a little bit of a prankster. And and so I gave the kids an option. I said, "Look, uh, you can either have this uh, uh, yeah, this bucket. We actually got Hershey bars this year. I mean, you'd think we got rich or something, but we got Hershey bars. And so uh, we had either Hershey bar- bars or you could have some cat food. 
All right. I, and I was telling you about this. And, and so I, yeah, it was like a joke. Ha ha. And the parents are thinking, oh, he's that weird guy. I mean, you know, don't go near him. And, but we, I, we actually had a kid that said, I will take the cat food. <laughs> and it was a joke. And I, and he says, no, I have a cat. I'll take the cat food. And he takes the cat food. So now the cat is starving because you can't feed the cat chocolate. Okay. Otherwise, well, you can, but once I think it kills him. Or is that dogs? I'm not really sure. But anyway, the kid took my cat food. So now the cat's starving to death. And that's like, that's mean animals. That's smart to go out with your parents' shopping list and then just go door to door. Like, hey, I need some flour. You got any gallons of milk? Uh, right. we, we're out of duct tape at home. You duct got tape. a roll. Duct tape. Yeah, duct tape and WD-40. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of a joke, but I can't tell it on the air. Now, I understand that you're going to the theater. Wow, do tell. Well, the... <laughs> Our family, they have season tickets to all the theaters in St. Louis, Muni and and the Fox, and they've got one coming up for some reason they don't want to go to. So they offered us the tickets. I looked up the name of this show. It's called Come From Away, and it's just a fun little 9-11 romp. A 9-11 romp? It's a 9-11 based musical. So it's a comedy, right? I think. (laughs) A comedy about 9-11. I don't know what to expect. It's about an air... Uh, an airport in Newfoundland that uh-huh. gets grounded and everyone gets together and sings Kumbaya while the rest of the of America is freaking out. You're going to be bored. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you right now. And you, call, I'm going to call you. When, what night are you doing this? I'm going to do it uh, Friday night. What time does it start? Like about 8, 8.30 8, if you do 8, want to call. 8, okay, yeah, I'm going to call you. And I'm going to say you're bored, aren't you? I'm going to let my phone be on yeah. the loudest ringtone, most yes. obnoxious one, well, like uh, Lauren Boebert. Yeah, yes. and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell to the people on the stage. I have to take this. Yeah, t- pause for that's, that's ten it. minutes. This is very important. This is very important. Todd's calling to see if I am bored, and I am bored. Okay, because you will be bored. You'll be bored. I've done that before. Go to yeah. the theater just to have you know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Props, cluth. What is it? Clout. Where uh-huh. you, you gain clout sure. just going to the theater. I've went to the color purple. And I was bored to tears. Oh, and that sure. makes me look like a racist. But I swear to you, it was the most boring one I ever saw. So I just went into the the fancy bathroom where they keep bowls of candy. I just ate yeah. candy during the whole show. That's not candy. Uh-oh. What? It was in no, a bowl. That wasn't candy. It was no, brown. Those no, those are called urinal pucks. Oh, those okay. are to keep the urinals fresh and minty. But you're not supposed to eat. Them. It had like a very electric taste to it, like when you drink a that's Red Bull. It. That's, that, it. that's, a that's exactly okay. what it is. That's exactly what it is. We got a big show coming up today. By the way, that was a good segue, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to tell you something else, but I figured, nah, it's inappropriate. We got uh, June Bobro. What's, how do you say his name again? You wrote it phonetically in my email, so I'm going to read it from there. Juna Bubranj. I know, and he's a great guy. I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name. He was on my show a long, long time ago, and this guy is very, very insightful. I mean, he talks about some deep things. That's why, you know, I'm just going to be quiet because I make a fool out of myself. And then we've got, oh boy, you're not going to believe what else. we got Professor Jim coming on. Because he is he is hot. He is really hot. He's at our, the liberal college out in California. And these knucklehead kids that never studied history, they're out there like, you know, basically protesting. And they want, you know, they're, 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 they're protesting for the wrong team, so to speak. So we got that. We got uh, King Kirby. He's coming in again. I think he's going to live here pretty soon. He doesn't know the station's moving. So pretty soon he's just going to show up and we'll see. <laughs> we didn't tell, we're not going to tell you where we're at. But he's showing up. And then I do have, it's, it's Mitch Murphy's birthday today. Okay. Oh my goodness. It is Mitch Murphy's hey, Mitch. birthday. Hey, I, I know. We didn't forget. He's back there. Oh, he's taking a bow. No. Bow the other way. You're, you're, you're pointing something at me. Anyway, so he, it's his birthday, so we may sing happy birthday to him. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time. 
And in the meantime, I'm Todd Showalter, along with my good buddy, Joey V. You're listening to The Right Mind Show, and we will be right back. Coming up next on The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter, Juna Bubran talks about if the division in America is getting worse or if we're just repeating history. Welcome back to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter on News Talk STL. And now a man so good at moisturizing that Santana and Rob Thomas once wrote a song about him, Todd Showalter. And we're back. I'm Todd Showalter along with my buddy Joey V on The Right Mind Show. And now on the line with me is uh, somebody I had a show with a long time ago, and he's a very insightful guy, Juna Bubra. Uh, how's it going, my friend? Can you tell me anything uh, insightful like uh, you did last time? Well, it all depends on the subject matter. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I got you on the spot there, don't I? No. Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. You know, so uh, it depends. Maybe if I if I can uh, offer some insights in a particular subject, it's always good to start with a topic, isn't it? One of the things we talked about last time that I thought was really uh, was insightful, and it actually was one of the most popular shows, if you remember. Um, we were talking about how we all how we all just really want to get along. Okay, because it seems that the narrative now, both uh, in the press and, you know, politics and everything, it it, it seems like they're trying to divide us, especially when it comes to races. And and I'm, you know, I'm white. You're an African-American man. Why we you and I get along. Why can't we all get along? Well, I think it's, it's part of the human conversation that we have to have. And I think it I think it transcends American politics because like you, you just mentioned, um, I'm born and raised in the United States and I would be identified as black if you were to see me on the street. But both of my parents were born in the West Indies and they were both born in the country of Haiti. Mm-hmm. When they both came to this country in the late 1960s and 1970s, they were discriminated by both black people that were here already and other people. So this idea that we're, you know, we lose sight of the human family conversation oftentimes, and we descend what I consider to be a dissension. I don't know how other people feel, but we descend into tribal politics. Okay. Now explain that though. Explain tribal politics. Tribal politics is, it doesn't matter. You live on this street. I live on that street. You have, you wear this Jersey. I wear that Jersey. I, I, I'm from this religious sect. I'm a Catholic. You're a Protestant, uh, same Abrahamic faith, but here we are. Uh, what's going on in the middle East. Uh, most of those people are Semitic people. You know, they can trace the, they can trace their origins back to similar ancestry, but yet let's focus on the, the, the minute differences that we have and make that the main thing. Okay. And that's what ends up occurring. We, we end up turning the smallest parts of the little differences or things that may be perceived differences. And that turns into the thing that separates us. And then we create a tribe based on those differences. If we all unite, if we all come together and we say, we're all going to get along and, you know, I like you, you like me, uh, then, then we have power because then, I mean, then you can't control us because we're a, we're a group as a whole and we'll decide what's right and wrong. But if you, if you can split the, the group up into small fragments, then it's easier to, and as you said, if you can actually pinpoint who's going to be the bad guy this week, 
then you can divide and conquer. And that's exactly what seems to be going on. And it's it unfortunately, it just seems to be more widespread. And you see, especially with our media and with our social media and everything else, I mean, it's not only is it becoming bigger and more widespread, it's becoming easier to do that. And, you know, it is it, not a clear cut answer on what the solution is. But I think a lot of it is just pulling back the curtain and saying, look, this is what's actually happening here. But they don't want that to happen, do they? That's why you have the censorship. That's why you have everybody, I mean, shut down about what they can say. I mean, do you agree? I mean, do you think that that's the biggest problem that we're actually facing? I think um, what, you know, we're living in a time that's unique to us, but it's not unique. Okay, explain Um, that. Explain that. Um, I can, I can look, I can hearken back to the strife that the United States had in, uh, the early, early parts of the 20th century or the mid early to mid 20th century, where you had, uh, uh, racial injustices going on. You had multiple wars going on an ideological front, whether it be the United States and its capitalist doctrine. And you had, uh, Russia and uh, that binary dynamic with their uh, the communist doctrine where you had kids having uh, war and nuclear war drills in high schools and in elementary schools and public schools all across the, the country people were building bomb shelters in this country i mean what's going on today is it unique to the united states it's unique for us because we're going through it and experiencing it in real time divisions fear paranoia, conflict, and and a lack of an actual highbrow conversation has been a part of the American conversation before you and I were born. So you're saying it's part of human nature. I think that we have to have a bigger conversation about who we are as human beings. And it's bigger than our political affiliations, bigger, bigger than our ideologies, and that's where I've transcended to as someone who has studied uh, uh, political science, geopolitics, and has traveled all over the world for the better part of about a decade and a half or so or more. And um, and just an avid studier of history, a researcher of history, I see this band play the same tune for, for a millennia. <laughs> and uh, does it matter if it's, does it matter if it's, uh, uh, the Catholics and the Protestants out there in Ireland and in London and England and Scotland doesn't matter if it's the Brits versus the uh, East Asian Indians. It doesn't matter when you read when I read newspapers from the 1920s and I look at the old newspaper and I read newspapers from the 2020s and today to see how similar the rhetoric is is alarming to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's alarming. To see, and then go back even further and see rhetoric going on with the Bolsheviks and the Prussians and what the Prussians were saying and Otto von Bismarck was saying about France and England, you know, when he felt that they were going to invade because they were the superpowers of the day. The rhetoric is starkly familiar. Right. And you realize that. So I see it as a. So it doesn't matter where we are. It's, it's the, the American conversation. We're having it now because we're both Americans. We're both born and raised here. We're both invested in um, a better America, a better U.S. and a better conversation. I can make the argument that the that the conversation about the world has not evolved in, a, in over 100 years. 
I can make that argument. Some people don't know Joe. Like, eh, maybe certain things have changed. But the conversation, when I look at the media, when I look at the media grabs, when I look at what the headlines were in um, the, the, the South in the 20s and the North in the 30s and uh, et cetera, and the boogeyman of that day, I go, man, it's, it's, it's practically the same words. It's, it's just like it history a, it repeating. A, it was a word document and they just changed. It's a word document that people, it's like your resume when you just update it and you just put a couple of little new words in there, here and there, but it's pretty much the same resume. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. And that's unfortunate. So I, I'm really feeling as if that now more than ever uh, in the age of information, which is to me paradoxical because it seems like the more information we have, the less information we use. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, that's very um, true. You know, so I've always said, as a brief aside, I remember in the late '90s when it, I don't know, I don't know if you if this was happening in St. Louis, but AOL used to give out these CDs for internet. Oh Did yeah, sure, those? yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, with and, the uh, dial-up you know, modem, we, sure. Uh, we had a little computer in our basement in New York, and then that AOL CD would come, and I would go, "Yes, internet," and we would have 24 hours of internet or 48 hours of internet. And I remember my brother, who's six years my junior, he's quite intelligent, very erudite human being. And I remember him saying, yeah, this is people are going to be so much smarter with the Internet. You know, people are going to have information and blah, blah, blah. There's going to be this. And I remember listening to him and nodding my head. And I said, you know, what, Mike, and my brother's name is Mike. I said, Mike, the Internet is going to exaggerate who you already are. True. That's all it is. It's going to be an extension of who you if you were someone who was an avid researcher and was taking trains and buses and cabs to bookstores and libraries and, and, and naturally curious about different things. And you were, you were ready and willing to, to question and challenge your own biases, then you're going to be that on the web. But if you're someone who is just about the gossip, just about the conflicts, just about the lowest brow conversation, you're going to be that. And, and that's exactly what's going on right now on the web and, and the internet. And, if I may, if I may um, speak on this mm-hmm. for a moment, we're living in very dangerous times, not because of the conversation, but because of how, where the conversation is filtered into. There are only one or two or three places that are actually dominating the conversation. And what is that? If you go to a certain, well, let's take, for instance, you go to the supermarket, you can, you can buy a ton. If I say, a hey, Todd, um, how many cereals are in your supermarket? Would you be able to tell me? Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't a hundred. How many search engines do you use? Well, unfortunately, just one. <laughs> ah, ah. Did I say more? No, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's just it. Again, it comes down to whoever co- controls the message is uh, is going to win, and when you only have one option. So now, my 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 question is: When are the people, whether you're on the left or the right, when are you? Go- when are the people going to say, "Hey, listen, that was alarming"? That a certain a whole sect of ideas and conversation by reputable people was muted and silenced because of. Uh, uh, this one website that is almost acting as if it's a public utility. Um, why are we allowing only one of these to exist? We need more entities to compete. So you can't silence millions of people 
or or hundreds of thousands of experts and and credible and reputable people. YouTube demonetizes people all the time that they don't agree with. Autonomous, arbitrarily, just just because. No, I totally and, agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think uh, going back to what we said, it, it, it's basically it's done on purpose. And I think I mean, I think yeah. the, the narrative, I mean, there's a, there's a reason for that. And there's a reason why uh, people that do speak out or have different opinions that they're oppressed or they're censored and they don't want to. As long as you can control the narrative, uh, then you're you're in charge and then you have the control. Well, we've got about we've got about actually about one minute left. OK, um, awesome. uh, but I want to talk about your show a little bit. Uh, because I mean, I, everybody can obviously tell by now. I mean, the stuff that you talk about—it's very, I mean, it's it's thought it's thought provoking, and I, I that's why I wanted to have you on. But your show is called "Whose World Is This?" and it's a podcast on all the major uh, podcast platforms. And you you go yeah. deep. I mean, I put you up there. I mean, I I, I listen to Jordan Peterson. I listen to other guys because I I listen to some of the stuff that you talk about, and I just you know, I mean, it you got to step back and think about it. Um, you, you talk about your podcast a little bit. Well, briefly, um, my podcast is called Whose World Is This? Junior Renee Bogrun. That's right. And um, I, um, it's, I'm, I'm going through what I call a, a, a reframing. I haven't done an actual episode in a couple of months because I'm working on new material to do interviews and things of that nature. But um, So I've taken certain uh, programming or certain uh, episodes down because I'm going to be putting it on my website because I feel it's very important for me not to be beholden to third parties like, um, you know, YouTube and things like that. I'll use them as a supplement, but I won't use them as my essential. Uh, if people want to get to me, I don't want to be censored, banned, et cetera, et cetera, for things that I'm saying. So I'm creating my own website, my own media platform. Your own sandbox, speak. so to speak. You can't play in somebody else's sandbox if you want control. That's what I say. 100%. You know, I implore people to go check it out. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Whose World Is This with Junior Nabo Brun? Yes, JuniorNaboBrun.com. Well, perfect. We look forward to uh, checking that out. Again, we don't have as much time as we did on the other podcast, but uh, I do want to thank you for being on. I hope you'll be back again uh, because, again, you're always uh, very thought-provoking. You bring up a lot of insightful stuff, and uh, I always enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I look forward to the next time. Todd, appreciate you, and thank you, man. And anytime, just give me a call. You have my number. Thank anytime. you, my friend. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Well, June Bobra from Whose World Is This? That's I teach some deep stuff. I don't. Do you ever listen to Jordan Peterson? I mean, because I listen to that guy, and uh, my my mind is just like it almost explodes. And it's same with him sometimes. I mean, they're kind of they're different, but uh, a lot of thought provoking stuff that um, I don't know make you question some things. And you know what else I question, Joey? You know, I question whenever there's something broken around the house, how the dang thing is going to get fixed. That's what I question. It you sounded know? like someone needed help building a website. I don't know if this guy can help with that, but he can build a lot of things. I don't think he can help with that. But I tell you what, if you had a home that you had a computer in, mm -hmm. that you went to check out websites, well, if there's something wrong with that home and you needed that fixed, You'd, call, you'd have to call my buddy Rick at the Bernstein Remodelers because Rick at the Bernstein Remodelers, they are like full-fledged home improvement specialist. But on top of that, they fix things that are broken. And I always have things broken around the house, whether it be plumbing or electric or you know something in the basement or plaster or something like that. I mean, 
if I need something fixed, I call Rick at the Bernstein Remodelers. And if I need something added on or taken away, whether it be a wall, like if they, have, they even relocate walls. I think I mentioned that. That's what the Bernstein Remodelers does. They work all over St. Louis. So if you hear this and you're in the St. Louis area, then you're in luck because you can call Rick at the Bernstein Remodelers for all your home improvement needs. And best of all, my favorite part is all of their staff is fully trained, but they're also what, Joey? Polite. Yes, they're very polite. So if you need something fixed or improved around your home, I want you to call my buddy Rick at the Bernstein Remodelers at 314-324-3024. That's 314-324-3024. And when we come back, we have a lot more fun ahead. I'm Todd Showalter with my buddy Joey V, and it's Mitch's birthday here on The Right Mind Show. We'll be right back. Coming up next on The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter, Professor Jim talks about being disturbed by the pro-Hamas protesters he keeps seeing on college campuses. Welcome back to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter on News Talk STL, a show so entertaining that if you don't turn it off in the next seven seconds, your credit card will be billed $14.99 a month in perpetuity. And now your host, Todd Showalter. And we're back. I'm Todd Showalter along with my buddy Joey V on the Right Mind Show. And on the line with me now, he's becoming almost a regular. That's because he's smart. It's Professor Jim from California. And, uh, you know, as we spoke about before, you're a college professor out there in the uh, the fun world of California. And it's also it's a weird time to be a college professor because there's a lot of protests going on. Uh, over this deal in the Middle East. And it's a little bit confusing because it seems like a lot of the students are cheering for the wrong side. Is that something you're noticing, Professor Jim? Yeah, and I, I hope it isn't confusing. I hope it's it's morally clear for all of us. And a lot of times we, you know, we like to make light. And this is a comedy show after all. No, uh, no, but, it's not. We're totally we're, serious. We're, <laughs> but what we're talking about today is is something deadly serious. And it's not just California. Unfortunately, I, I, I noticed that we've got the same issue at, at Washington University. And what we're seeing is a, uh, uh, you know, usurping of kind of the whole reason for higher education. And the colleges and universities in America have been infiltrated by people from a different culture who mean us harm. And this idea of, of selling that, that uh, telling students, and there's been so much instruction on, on the idea of victimization, and there's lots of victims in society. And some of this is, is real and, and needs to be taught, but not everybody is a victim. And unfortunately, now the, the Palestinians are being cast as victims, and Israel is being cast as an oppressor. Right. And you have a lot of people running to the to the aid of the, you know, the, the poor, oppressed Palestinian people without having the, the context and understanding of what's actually going on. Yeah. And it comes down to the narrative again. That seems to always be the, uh, you know, the damning situation. And it looks like once again, they've decided I, I get, we come back to the, the common sense aspect of it. Now, I mean, come on, anybody with a lick of common sense can see that Israel was attacked. Uh, I mean, innocent people were killed, babies were beheaded, all kinds of horrific things going on. And when you have the narrative come out and take the enemy's side, as you know, as you said, the victim, 
Where in the heck are, is just plain common sense when people can say, hey, what are you talking about? These people were the aggressors. Well, that's that's exactly right. And something that that needs to be expressed is the people who kicked in doors at 6.30 on a Saturday morning and killed everybody inside, they didn't care if the people inside the home were children or adults or old people. They didn't care if they were Ashkenazi or, or Sephardic. They didn't care if they were Christian or Jew. They were there to kill anybody who they see as the infidel, which includes everybody who is not part of the jihad. And we have been welcoming people into the country, refugees, for many decades now. And on top of that, we're having a very, very powerful government in Qatar and Saudi Arabia that are filling our universities, not only with, with students that, that they're paying for at, at sometimes twice and three times the local tuition rate, which makes them very, very valuable commodities, uh, but they're also funding research and academic pursuits. So you you get this, this narrative that has infected higher education at this point of the victimhood of the Muslim people to the colonial uh, Europeans. And the liberal democracies are the enemy of the jihadists. That's us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're seeing this firsthand. I mean, that's what you talked about scary. I mean, that's what I find extremely frightening because this isn't an outsider's opinion or something like that. I mean, you teach at a university. Uh, we're not going to mention names or anything like that. But, I mean, you're seeing this happen firsthand. And the first thing, I mean, has it gotten, is it too far gone that, I mean, is there any way that we can pull the, you know, pull the reins back a little bit and get, a, get some control on this thing? We do need moral clarity, and it, this is something that, and, and we do make light all the time. I'm, I'm the liberal California professor who, who wants to indoctrinate nature child, and some of that is, you know, we, in jest. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but we as a nation really need to clearly state that our Western ideals and the idea of a liberal democracy is something that is part of our society and culture, and we're not willing to surrender that to people with a, a uh, Bronze Age idea of a religion that they want to enforce on, on the rest of us. So this is something that can be won, but we have to work together. It, this is not going to be something that, well, you know, the the Democrats are on the wrong side and the Republicans are, are right because there, there's enough blame for all political parties to go around. So we, we've, we've talked about this. Sure. Yeah. And we do need to understand that, that we are in the fight of our lives. And this is a, a movement, the jihadi movement, they don't measure time like we do. They're taking a very, very long approach. We're in the midst of a, of a large wealth transfer 
to dictators in the Middle East who were funding this, and they're only getting stronger every single day. They're buying cultural institutions. And what has, in effect, happened is, is they've, they've purchased our universities and colleges, mm-hmm. and we have to push back. And, and again, I mean, that as frightening as that is, I mean, you say this is a long game. How lo- how far along in this game do you think we are? I mean, are we midway? Are we almost to the end? Are we at the beginning? I mean, is there still time? And, and I mean, where are we as in the time period? You answer this, how much more powerful is Saudi Arabia and Qatar today than they were in the 1970s. Oh, it's not even a comparison. No. And they're getting stronger every single day. As long as we keep shoveling wealth to dictators in the Middle East who have a very, very different view of how society should be structured. Mm-hmm. Uh for example, you know, something we, you know, we talk about and I got in trouble for, for bringing up in a class is, do you know what the penalty for shoplifting is in our enemy's state? They cut your hand off. Right. Uh, th- that's, a, that's a very, very different, different approach than that we have in, in a liberal democracy. So why did you get in trouble so, for that, though? Why, I mean, you mentioned that to me off the air. Why did you get in trouble for, for pointing out something that was the truth? It does go to that victim, the victimization and the oppressor and punching down and being culturally insensitive. So, you know, I'm a big fan of, of your comics. And I read them. And... There was uh, a comic a week or so ago. We don't have to go into it, but but I even I I sent you a message. I'm like, oh Todd, you know, be careful with that one. I you know I think you you may be too close to the third rail on this one. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the the person that you were parroting has has demonstrated that that she is no friend of uh, of liberal Western democracy. In fact, she's giving aid and comfort to the, uh, the jihadists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, thankfully the, uh, the democratic party has responded and, and this week uh, they, uh, they presented a strong primary challenge and, and she's probably going to lose her job. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's it. what it's going to take. I know a few people that are like, well, why can't we just all get along? Why can't we all get along? Well, there's something, I mean, if I'm swimming with a shark, okay, I'm not going to, and, and the shark looks like, I feel like my life is in danger. I'm not going to have a conversation with the shark saying, why can't you and I just get along? If the only thing, if that shark, if its whole objective is to kill, eat, and do it again, I mean, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get very far. And I, I'm not trying to compare that from a human standpoint with some groups. But if that's your objective, there's only so much uh, negotiating or conversation you can have. I mean, and then, and then, you know, you've got to start looking out for yourself. And it seems like we're not doing that. No, we are, we are uh, killing our own ideals. And uh, you brought shark, which I've got to get you out here surfing. Oh yeah, well, but thank I'd you. I much rather prefer the slim swim with the shark. Uh, yeah, than, well, you than, have a better chance. Than allow 
yeah, than a lot of jihadists into the country because we have no chance. Right. If if that's what we're going to do, and and something that I I'd like for the the listeners to do a little research and and think about the consequences is if you look at the the plight of of the Armenian people and their tensions over many many centuries with the Azerbaijani, which is a Muslim country, the, the Armenians are, are Christian, and there, there's natural tensions there. The Armenians were, were always the stronger because they're more organized, uh, and they were able to produce more. The, uh, uh, the Armenian people are, are, are notable for their, their scientific endeavor, and, and a lot of them you know, go into medical, uh, whereas the Azerbaijani were, were never able to get their stuff together, and they were a poorer region. Mm-hmm. Well, Baiku is in Azerbaijan. That's an oil-producing area. So all the wealth has been poured into Azerbaijan, and the uh, our friends, the Armenians, are in danger now of being completely wiped from the face of the, of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, we only have a few, uh, well, I got about a minute left, but let me ask you this. Why do you think we're allowing them to do this? This is a deeper conversation. It, it, it goes across political lines. The idea that we're going to invite the, the Saudis and, and the Qataris into U.S. higher education happened after 9-11, mm-hmm. and it was a way for the uh, the Saudi people to kind of reintroduce themselves to America. You know, Mohammed bin Salman trying to put a friendly face on the the uh, the Saudi government because, gee, we, we, we uh, uh, took exception to people flying planes into uh, into our buildings yeah, in America. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, and it's, so uh, that's that's it. This is something that was decided, and it's not Republican or Democrat. This is what the, the you know the the decision makers in this country decided to do. No, I totally agree, and I just I mean, it's just it's a lot of times it's the same people just wearing different uniforms, and I think it's time that we wake up for that uh, to that as well. Uh, well, my friend, I mean, we're just about out of time. It's always, uh, I mean, there's I have more questions now than when we started. Um, I know, I mean, just again, I know that you're distressed about a lot of the things going on as am, as I am and as everyone should be. But again, I think the point that needs to be made and I've made on other, other shows, a lot of times people think, oh, this isn't as bad as people think. This is just being blown out of proportion. And it's not. I mean, this is real life. This is really, really happening, folks. And this is coming from the front lines of somebody that's actually seeing it firsthand. So I, uh, I appreciate you sharing your, uh, your news or story. And with us, I can't wait to hear. Well, actually, I wish I could wait, but I mean, um, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing more in the future. And in the meantime, keep fighting the good fight and um, keep us posted, will you please? Thank you so much, Todd. You, you uh, have a good afternoon. You too, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. That is uh, Professor Jim, and it's a little bit of somber, uh, you know, when you think about what's going on, Joey. But uh, on a lighter note, I heard horses. I heard horses, and. Uh, You know what that means, don't you? Not only is the king here, but he brought his beautiful princess 
Mary Thomas. How you doing? Hi, everybody. Thank you for letting me come in today. Oh, well, thank hey, you for guys. coming. Yes, and here's, and here's King Kirby. Now, one of the things that you were going to talk about, but I think you should talk about it yourself, is that when you call DiscountCoffee.com, you don't get like one of those automated, you know, like, I don't know, box things or somebody over in India or somebody talking to you. They actually talk to Mary Thomas, don't they? Yeah, they talk to Mary Thomas. That's I've amazing. been uh, the customer service voice for 25 years now. Right. So if, if, I, if anybody wants to buy some discount coffee from discountcoffee.com, they're going to hear your voice if they make the phone call. Yep. Yep. I'm there. And I believe in there's a big difference between customer care and customer service. Okay. So customer service is a task. It's something that you have to do. And discountcoffee.com believes in customer care because we really do care for our customers. When they come and buy from us, we know their names, we know their businesses, we know their schools, their churches, and we talk to them as if they're a part of our family. And that's how we take care of them. Well, that's why I enjoy always ordering from DiscountCoffee.com, because I feel like I'm part of the family, because my family, they, they don't want to have any part of me anymore. <laughs> Isn't that right, King? You know, it happens now and then, you know? Yeah, that's, well, now, now tell us, King, how are things with you today? I mean, are things any, are things going well in the kingdom? They Do you are. have anything special that you want to share with us? Any, like, little uh, knowledge or trivia that you have for us today? Well, a little behind-the-scenes knowledge is okay. that if you are a tea lover, you okay. need to go to DiscountCoffee.com right now. Okay. Uh, put your Right Mind coupon code in and get 15% off, but... Tazo Tea. Tazo Tea was founded by Stephen Smith. He sold it to Starbucks. Okay. Starbucks then sold it to Unilever, and now Unilever uh, has sold it to Lipton. So we have got the last supply of Tazo Tea in the six twenty-four counts, and the game plan is is that they're going to convert over to a smaller sixteen count, and we won't raise the price. We'll just charge you the same that what you were getting twenty-four tea bags in a box. You can get the same for only sixteen, so it's a way to do a price increase, a major price increase. So if you're these are these are uh, the type of information behind the scenes that we share with our our customers, give them a heads up if they want to do a buy in. Okay, because T's got a long shelf life, two thousand twenty four, two thousand twenty five uh, expiration dates. So now's the time to go to discountcoffee.com and load up on your Tazel tea. Okay. In addition to that, you said you are the place to go if there are hard-to-find items that may be discontinued or just aren't, on the, aren't in the big box stores or in your supermarket or things like that as well. If, if I get something like, say, in Florida, okay, that I really enjoy, but I can't find it here, there's a good coffee, that is. There's a good chance I can find it at discountcoffee.com, correct? Correct. And, Mary, you can speak to this. You get calls from Missouri, Illinois, and um, people looking for brands, hard-to-find brands. I take calls from all over the world, actually. We sell international, which we're one of the few internet companies that do that. But So we take customer calls from Canada. We have one in France that just loves his Lipton instant soup. Uh, he'll order it by phone. He'll okay. call it in instead of placing the order online. Now, you're, you're 24-7, you know, every day of the year. I mean, now, do, do you have to, like, stay manned by the phone, like, just perpetually? No, we do have an, a way of leaving a message, and we also have live chat they can leave a message on. And so there's multiple ways that they can communicate with us other than just the phone. Okay, so he, uh, the, the king isn't, like, saying, that, no, you gotta, you got to stay up. you gotta, you got to take these phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's right. Because I, I assume that you're really the boss, aren't you? I am definitely the boss of customer care. Mary will fight for our customer all the time. Okay. I mean, if they have a return that for some reason 
the king says, eh, no, we really don't want to do it. Mary will fight for that customer. Okay. So we believe in that care, and that's the whole culture. I've built the culture of care all the way from our warehouse person that receives the product to the person that packs the product to make sure it's it's customer suitable, it's it's decorated, and stocked with that free sample. Yeah, every I was going to ask you: Are you the one that's in charge of putting those free samples in? Because that's one of my favorite parts. Whenever I open my package, and my wife is the same way. We're always it's like it's like Christmas morning. We always wonder what that surprise the surprise is going to be. Are you actually Santa's elf to put the uh, the prize in there? Yeah. Are there the special gift? I should say. I sh- I would say so. Mary is the one that everybody loves. Mary sends out the newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> with all the coupons. Mary's the one that takes care of you when there's a problem with your shipping or the package was lost or damaged. Mary is the one you want to call. She'll take care of you. So what, what exactly does the king do then if you do all the work? <laughs> uh, the I, king I, is I, the I king. Sleep. I'm, I'm over you in the sleep. corner sleeping. But okay, you're the king of sleep. Some of the many things that um, the customer care department does is, that, for instance, somebody orders cups, maybe a styrofoam cups, and they order the lids to go to paper cups, okay. which won't fit. Right. So rather than do like an Amazon, just ship it out there a thousand miles from the warehouse and then deal with it after the fact, um, we we don't remove ourselves from all the technology. Every single order is, is reviewed, reviewed by uh, Mary Thomas or the customer mm-hmm. care department before it goes out the door because the most expensive order to correct is the one that's a thousand miles away, right? And it's it's it, it the customers really appreciate that. Um, Mary will give them a call, and maybe you can share some of the things and the responses you get. It's like, wow, there's somebody really that cares, somebody that's really looking at our, our orders. Yeah, there's a huge confusion between the plastic pod, the K cup pod, and the filter pod because they both use the name pod. Right. So a customer okay. will buy both, thinking that it's all going to work in the same brewer, and they don't. Okay. So I'll catch that, and I'll make the call to the customer and work those things out. And they're like, they can't believe that. Amazon would never call them. I just went on DiscountCoffee.com. Yes. Because I was thinking about the farthest place you ever made an order. And I think in a previous week, you said Romania was a place you shipped to. And that made me think of Dracul, Nadia. Count Dracul. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it was Nadia Comaneci. She was on the balance beam, and she was drinking DiscountCoffee.com. From no, Discount no. I, I think it was Dracula. Dracula. And so I went in to see if oh. you guys even sold blood. And when I typed that in, it said, no, but... Mary Thomas is here to help you. As soon as I typed in, Mary Thomas's picture shows up on the website. Well, well, see, this is why Joey's here. He actually runs the show, kind of like you run DiscountCoffee.com. See, see, King Kirby and I could just leave right now, and the show would work, and DiscountCoffee.com would still be functioning. Yeah, so, so it does. Why don't we just take a nap, King? Because that what... works. And maybe Mary can talk about this time of the year with um, holiday gift baskets. And, yes. And oh, that type of the thing. big one right now is is the military. Uh, we are one of the very few internet companies at all that will ship care packages to the military. So if you have anybody overseas that right now you're wanting to prepare Christmas for, you've got to have it done before December 7th or they won't get it in time. So if you want to call me, I can help you put together a great package for your loved one that's overseas. Now, why are you, why are you the only ones that can do it? I mean, is there something special about that? Or? There's a complication with shipping. A lot of other companies do not want to go through the customs oh, or okay. the having to have the right paperwork in the box to make it overseas. So they just don't mess with it. Well, we do. I mean, our customers are important. It doesn't matter where they are. And the, the U.S. Gov- government and the military only allows... Uh, U.S. Postal Service to deliver packages. So that rules out anyone who only ships UPS or only ships FedEx. Um, so that's a key reason, too. So we use many carriers, including the United States Postal Service, for um, care packages to APO, FPO addresses worldwide. A lot of companies don't want to 
deal outside the 48 states because of the address system. You know, the Postal Service does a really good job here in the United States, but you get outside of our country, uh, some of these addresses look really foreign. Is your wife still looking for um, putting together gift Actually, baskets Actually, I was for just going to talk about that because one of her favorites, and she'll probably be talking to you because she, she wants to do all of our gifts this year are going to be from DiscountCoffee.com. But, yes, she'll be talking to you. And if she tells you anything bad about me, just say, no, I know Todd personally now, and I don't believe what you're saying. Okay. okay. All, all right. right. I'll be sure to do that. Yeah. yeah. Now, once you mentioned that they offer, if they, if they put in the code, they're going to get 15% off. What is that code? Is it still? Right mind? It's right mind. Right mind. And okay. just a hint for the listeners is that it, the coupon code location is on the shopping cart page. It's before you get to the checkout. Right. So when you're looking at the shopping cart totals, there's a red word that says coupon code. Click on that, and that's where you put your coupon in. There you go. See, that's what I wasn't doing. I was putting it in the search bar of the, of the browser, and it kept taking me to couponcode.com. That was a joke. I'm kidding you. Anyway. <laughs> a lot of these sites try and hide the discount. They do try to hide uh, it. A little entry area because they don't want to give up the money. But DiscountCoffee.com, they want to save you. Nope, it's very easy to find. And, and I got to you were talking about shipping earlier. This stuff gets to you quick. I mean, so you make it a point to whoever, whatever carrier carrier you are using, it's fast. Because I'm always amazed at how fast our, our coffee shows up at the door. Yeah. Uh, Joy, you were talking about how... Uh, a lot of e-commerce websites try to hide things intentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, shipping costs is one of those. So they'll ask you to add things to your cart, and then what's, the, what's your credit card, your billing address, where do you want to ship to, and so forth. And you think you're spending $100, mm-hmm. and you get to all that work, and you find out it's $125 because they don't tell you about the shipping until after they get you the address and everything. DiscountCoffee.com offers free shipping. We ship internationally. Uh, and we don't hide that information. If you just want to buy a box of stir sticks, there is a there is a shipping charge. Obviously, a box of stir sticks that might be three bucks. If it costs us nothing, it's going to cost more than three dollars to ship that to Clayton or wherever it may be. Um, but you know, the there, there was a company here in St. Louis um, that uh, kind of getting off the track, but they they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in redesigning their website over and over and over. And they would do things like that. And people just got – it was giving their brand a black eye. Sure. Yeah. It was a neg- negative uh, customer service experience. Well, and customer service, again, is pretty non-existent. There is the fact that you have it at discountcoffee.com is uh, – you know, that's, ma- that's one of my favorite things is that – again, because nowadays, I mean, everything's just so unpersonal and things. And, you know, you, don't, you just feel like a number. But it's nice to kind of go back to how things used to be and how they should be with great customer care, as you that's said. That's correct. It's customer care. Not customer care. service. Not, not customer care. service. And thank you, Mary Thomas, for all the hard work that you and your team do. Yeah, That's exactly we do. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to make a quick mention of the military shipping. Yes. The, the Navy guys always have it the hardest because everything that you try to ship them has to fit inside of a sea bag. Oh. Because what they do is they take it out on a big ship, then they put it in a, a gunny bag, right. put it on a cable, and run it down a cable to the other ship. So everything has to fit in those bags. So 
Again, another retailer doesn't realize the complexity of trying to ship to the military. Oh, and, no. Well, Admiral Andy, who's like he's studying for his finals right now. That's why he's not with us because he's he's gone back to school to become a, Mar- a Marxist socialist on our dime. But he's, he's typically like with us and he was in the Navy and he was saying he never got anything because when they would do that cable that you're talking about. See, Admiral Andy was on a submarine oh. and it would hit that water. It would just go plop, and it would just like float. So he never got any anything. But, no, the Nimitz know. right now still orders a cappuccino from us. Sure, because they will, they have these big fancy cappuccino machines, so they right. make hot chocolate and cappuccino and all that, and they're buying it from DiscountCoffee.com. And they'll we have to make sure it fits in that sea bag. Well, thanks for joining us, King and Mary Thomas, and we look forward to uh, all those phone calls you're going to be getting and uh, talking to you uh, personally on the phone because. At discountcoffee.com, it's not just customer service, it's customer care. Wow. And it's Mitch Murphy's birthday today. Did we get anything uh, special for, for Mitch? Did we, uh, did we get him any discount coffee or anything for his birthday? He can have whatever he wants. He gets to pick one thing from discountcoffee.com. Oh, okay. Well, it's a special uh, day. If it's a, like a Splenda packet, I can cover that. So anyway, Mitch, thanks for joining us back there. And, uh, and I'd like to thank all of you for joining us. You've been listening to The Right Mind Show along with my good buddy Joey V, King Kirby, Mary Thomas, and all the other wacky people in our lives. You're listening to The Right Mind Show. You have listened to The Right Mind Show. And like I always say, if you don't have a right mind, you don't have a mind at all. Till next time, bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to The Right Mind Show with Todd Showalter. To find out about all things Todd, go to studiotodd.com. We will see you next Saturday night at 5 p.m. right here on 1019-941, Newstalk STL, and always streaming online at newstalkstl.com. Newstalk STL.